Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news, and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. You are listening to the West Ham Fan Show with West Ham World. I'm Charlie Hawkins. This is Love Sport. And tonight I've been joined by Tom Edwards and Will Pugh. And we're going to be talking pre-season because the boys are telling me no one cares. Who actually cares? The results don't matter. It's all about match fitness. It's all about match sharpness. Getting the players integrated. A little bit of team bonding. Giving the youth a chance. That's the party line that we're going to take tonight, right? Don't worry about that 4-1 drop into City. Don't worry about the 1-0 to Newcastle. It's not a problem because West Ham have just broke their transfer record signing. 45 million. Sebastian Haller. We're going to be talking about it all. And also, we're going to be talking to Lee Hodges, ex-West Ham midfielder, who can I just say, Will's described as a legend and Tom's described with the best Barnet in the game. So we're very excited to speak to him later. Lots of transfer chat. We're going to be doing our quiz, West Ham, three mystery players. And we're also going to be talking about our club legend of the week. But we have to start with the tour in China, pre-season. What's gone wrong? i tell you what, actually, Charlie, first of all, <laughs> what we'd like to start with oh. is, first of all, welcoming you into the fold. Oh, thank you, mate. Obviously, I appreciate it's a, that. It's a new era for the for the West Ham World radio show and podcast. So, f- farewell to Johnny, who, just like to say, served us excellently well. It was fantastic. No pressure, then. No, well, me, me, and, uh, <laughs> me and James love sitting in the studio with Johnny every week. He was great, but so kudos to him. But we're really excited about uh, about having you on board. So that that's one thing, and also Thank just to, just to let everyone know, that from next week, obviously it'll be Tuesdays the show, won't it? So it will, we- yeah. Wednesdays for quite a while now, but in preparation for the for the new season, there's some exciting stuff that me and James have got coming. The West Ham World brand might be uh, will be left behind, but news to come, news to come. Not exclusive. quite yet. Was that a love sport? That was, exclusive. It was, uh, it was four minutes in, in. Yeah. Tom. We're four minutes in. What I liked, he, it, thank, he, he welcomed plug. me, but it was the plug. He just really wanted shameless. to get the plug. But Absolutely. I enjoyed it. Will no, it's a it is a love sport exclusive. So yeah, it'll be. But from next week, just uh, just so everyone knows, listening in, it'll be Tuesday nights from seven to eight. 
and it will still be the West Ham show, but West Ham world is no more. But the exciting things to come, which we will uh, will let you know in due course. But well, we'll send it off on a high tonight. This is your final Wednesday West Ham show. Absolutely. But yeah, so we've got Tom. James is in here, obviously, this week, which is a shame as always. And I've got a bit of stick from James for calling him Deadwood oh. in the last <laughs> few weeks. But we uh, we had a little bit of a reconciliation last summer. You hugged it together. out, I hope. Yeah, oh, yeah, we did. Because yeah, it is we're... a bromance. Oh, me and James. Of course it is. Blossoming. Yes. Yeah, blossoming. I no, don't know. Yeah, we, we can't get declining I'll say yeah. <laughs> it's no, love hate exactly we're uh, yeah we look forward to next season but say so, glad to welcome Tom into the studio tonight so we've got say so we, we touched on the on the China tour you brought it up there Charlie and I, you know you, you mentioned it there who actually cares it's something that when I put the running order together early on this is exactly what I said who does actually care and you know why I wrote that because you know obviously we've lost both the games in the in the Asia Cup the Premier League Asia Cup which again, don't know who knew what that was before we'd done it. But um, we've lost both the games. Lost to City. Went 1-0 up, obviously. Sh- should have probably gone 2-0 up. Should have had another stonewall penalty that was denied. Then Yarmolenko hits the post as well. But Man City come back and do what they do. Beat us 4-1, which did flat them a bit. Then we lose to Newcastle in you know uninspiring fashion. But honestly, some of the, some of the reaction on Twitter afterwards... I was, stunned people calling it an absolute disgrace and oh, i can't believe it oh, what's going on and it's like oh honestly everyone we've got an excellent squad we've just made some massive signings and i personally do not care at all but i'm don't know tom do you feel no i don't think you can the results wise i don't think you should read anything into pre-season results as a thing i think the only the only qualm i took away from it was against newcastle i was a bit upset with the application of the players it seemed like they weren't really there but again we're missing the two major signings it's not really our first team squad there i mean i know we played a lot of our big players but at the end of the day you can't read anything into it. Bar stylistically, we wanted to keep the ball against Man City first half. I think there was a lot of positive signs out of that. And also, we played Man City. We didn't have a Wolves-Newcastle game. So our players were a lot more tired, chasing the ball for most of the game in that heat. So you can't blame them. But I think, no, I don't. you don't read anything into it for me. No and, results. And you mentioned the heat there, but me and you have played on better pitches than those. <laughs> yes. Honestly, like the state of that pitch, because you know, where they're playing repeated games on them as well, yeah, yeah, I, I agree. The, the the heat was too much, and there are reasons behind it, sure. But honestly, and the the, the funny thing is for me is that whenever we do well in pre season, we then go on to nearly get relegated the year afterwards. <laughs> but when we lose all our games and everyone's going in the season, going, "Oh, it's a shambles. This is an absolute nightmare. What's going on?" We tend to like smash the first ten games, and we're normally doing all right. Well, you say that. I, I knew we was doing the West Ham fan show tonight. I asked Luther Blissett. I said, "Look, the boys said they don't care about preseason. We don't care that we're losing. Is that true, Luther? Does it really matter?" And he said, "Well, you know what? It doesn't. It doesn't because there's a thing called momentum, and you know, team bonding. We've got the wings. We can really feel like we can kick on there." And I want to ask you both. I know you're saying, "Oh, we don't care. We lost." Is that just because you lost? Or you genuinely, if you would have gone and beat City 4-0, would you be sitting there both telling me, we don't care we beat City 4-0, we don't care we beat the champions? Uh, no, sorry, just just quickly, Charlie, you've seen me in studios <laughs> after, West Ham lose, after West Ham lose games that actually matter. Mm. And, you know, I'm, I'm in a far more downbeat and less chirpy mood than I am now. And no, I, honestly, it's nothing to do with that. If you just say we've won three nil, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna come in here bounding, going, ah, oh, buzzing. Guess what? Like we came third in the Premier League Asia Trophy last week. But it gives you validation, doesn't it? Because, admittedly, I watch Arsenal and when they lose in pre-season. I think which when I, they I'm play not, the Emirates Cup, they always do as well. They do, they yeah. do. Thanks for pointing out. <laughs> but I'm not pulling my hair out. But I'm like, 
it worries me. It concerns me. Why? Why does the defence still look leaky? Where's the stability? And when we are, when you know, we do win and West Ham do win, because I've been hearing for weeks, this is the best side we're going to put out. This is our best first team eleven in a Premier League for years. And then now I'm not seeing it in the pre, uh, in the preseason. But when we do win those games, you're like, I'm right. This is the best side that we're going to put out, and we are going to do well this year. I think. If if Haller and if Fornals and if the first team, first eleven were out there and they gave a performance to match the way we are bigging them up, which I think is right, you see you'll see them at Fulham this week and I think there'll be marked improvement. I think we'll sow a lot more and we'll have a lot more about us. But I think what taken away from the Asia Trophy, it was pretty much the squad of last season against two against well, so City, very decent team. Newcastle, they won't be our competition this year with a bit of luck, but I don't. I don't particularly think that the preseason results matters. If we did beat them four 0 I think put the shoe on the other foot. City fans would be saying, "Oh, but we played all our youngsters and we did all this." So I think there would always be a reason to be a bit negative about preseason as a whole. It's hard to judge as a fan, but I think you just got to look at it. Is get through with players being fit, getting minutes under their belt, and playing a certain system, which is Pellegrini's way, and developing on it from last season. I think we kept the ball and we. We were pretty good that first half when everyone was fresh. I think that's that was good football from us. Something looked very dangerous. I think the problem is, I mean, Tom's right there, but the problem is, over the summer, fans generally are just so, you know, they've got they've got nothing to grasp onto football news wise. You know, the transfer silly seasons in full flow, and by this Slow time, news week. <laughs> you know, and and let's be honest, the majority of people now, football fans, are so bored of the transfer window whether their club has or hasn't signed anyone they're bored of every day at work like they do during the season going on in their lunch and click you know googling west ham or picking up the paper looking for the west ham news or whatever people are bored by this stage of even though we've actually signed some players they're bored so they they, they want something to grab onto and these pre-season games they provide that but i'm Guarantee there's, you know, if you looked back and said to the majority of, of fans who go week in, week out or follow the club week in, week out, you know, oh, three years ago, what was our pre-season form? No one really, no one really knows. No, remember. But, no, of course they don't know. But then you say, well, how did we get on in the Premier League seven years ago? And they go, oh, I remember this. And we, we lost to this team on the third game of the season. Then we were unlucky away on around Christmas time. People remember the games that matter. And... You know, unfortunately, no. You know, no one's clamouring, going, "Oh yeah, we won the Betway Cup last year." Woo. <laughs> Nothing wrong with winning the Betway Cup. I still cling on to the Emirates Cup. But <laughs> you've both told me tonight, then pre-season doesn't matter. But then, how important or unimportant are your next two fixtures against Fulham and Hertha Berlin? Especially bearing in mind that you have had those defeats. Surely, you do want one or two wins going into day one. I think they will be more of a test about what our squad's actually got to offer because I believe Seb Haller will play and Fornals and they'll both get minutes under the belt and we'll, we'll get more of a clue about the identity of our first team and what Pellegrini wants to play on that first game against Man City. But again, I if say we do go to Craven Cottage and we lose... 3-2 or or whatever. I don't I would not be sat there and berating them on Twitter about the result, but I would be looking for application and I'd be looking for people to get through the games fit and to get our best players getting as many minutes as possible so they're fit. And that's about it for me. I would not be I wouldn't be worried about the result at the end of the day, but they are bigger tests the closer you get to the season. I think each game you've got to be a step above where you were the previous game. And that's the shame about Newcastle game because we weren't better than we were against City, but there is reasons for that. So then why, Tom, are some West Ham fans moaning on Twitter and saying, oh, we lost these games. If you two don't care, why does it mean so much to other fans? No, I don't, you know what, you, can, you can't, like I said before, I th- honestly think it's that. It's because 
there's just nothing going on. There's nothing going on at the moment, is there? People, people want to see. You know, the majority of football fans they might be semi-interested when Bale eventually moves somewhere, or when Neymar eventually moves somewhere, or when Harry Maguire eventually moves somewhere. But unfortunately, most days in during the during the transfer window, it's oh, this person reportedly linked with him. This person reportedly linked with him, and that's just that's just the way it works. No one's fault. The papers are set up to cover football during the season so when it's the off season they have to write things they have to cover things they have to get things out it's not their fault it's no one else's fault but people they're thirsty for football news aren't they and mm. especially and when their club is playing that's all they've got to go off isn't it you can't I'm, you know I'm not sitting here giving people grief for caring about pre-season friendly it's just my personal opinion I, I'm not too bothered but I totally understand why you know people get into it the, this is the first pre-season for quite a while well, if ever, I think that that you know pre-season games have been on Sky. They're trying to make a big deal of this Asia Trophy and the International Champions Cup that the other teams are playing in, and you know, fair enough. So people have this now they've got the opportunity to watch the games on the telly rather than normally West Ham's ones are in Switzerland or Austria, and we get the match report. You might follow the blog if you're that bothered, but ultimately a game against right. Altac or Bad Rabaz or whoever we normally pay. <laughs> the big guns. Year. Exactly, yeah. yeah. It just it, it just doesn't it doesn't matter. But like you say, to some people I completely understand when and there's nothing going on, you want news from your club mm. and they're playing a game, so you, you get into it as you would if it was during the season. And also we were a bit spoiled last summer in the sense we had so many players coming through the door that every other week there was a new transfer room to get a bit excited with which would have a termination in us getting the players. So I think this year taking the club forward by just looking to buy proven talent which is going to come straight into the first team I mean our whole transfer policy and the whole summer off for the club is very different to what it was last year so I think it's part of that as well that we're just adjusting to that in a sense but I would still honestly if you said to me now and I'm sure any fan would really I would I would ease I would take three defeats from Fulham, Hertha Berlin and Atletico Bilbao for you know, seven points from our first three games. I'm going to hold you to that <laughs> for when we talk next week. But you did say it's a slow news week. Lots of you know players are they coming? Fans are thirsty for that football transfer gossip. Have West Ham finished their business? We're going to be talking a little bit more about their transfer incomings and maybe a few outgoings next. Love sports. You're listening to the West Ham Fan Show here on Love Sport with me, Charlie Hawkins, and I've been joined by Tom Edwards and Will Pugh of West Ham World. Now, we've talking a little bit about pre-season. I want to talk about transfers because we know you've broke your record transfer signing, 45 million. Will, was it the 39th striker, 40th striker? 39th striker 39th. since Golden Sullivan took over, I, yeah. I, and there were, I mean, there were a few anomalies in those. James wasn't very happy that Pablo Barrera was included in the stats or Terry Dixon. Had a full-on as well, at yeah, there were yeah. there were a few. Yeah, but Terry Dixon, who uh, James tells me sounds like an old plumber of his, <laughs> who uh, who signed on, uh, I think, and then went on to play for Canvey Island again not long after. But yeah, but no, we've we've whether it's thirty nine, thirty five, or thirty six, we've signed a hell of a lot of strikers who haven't done anything. Well, since I did Golden say thirty nine is the magic number. I'm very so excited to see him this year. Although, just quickly. I do take umbrage with the way they announced it in that video. What was that video where they were getting him to dance and it was like 80s disco tech? I weren't a fan of that. No, well... Don't tell me you enjoyed it. 
I you, think of course I was, you did. No, nah, yeah, got I mean, him's two stepping as well, <laughs> didn't it? Yeah, I'm very much. I weren't a fan of it at all. Kind of me- no, I've, I've seen the a... videos of Declan Rice dancing. No one wants to see those. That again. was the worst. It, that was it. It was. It was peculiar. I think everyone's just getting caught up in the hype this summer, though. To be fair, aren't they? <laughs> like, it's almost well, the fact we'd signed a 45 million pound striker. It didn't really matter what they got him doing <laughs> in front of camera. Everyone's just buzzing about the signing. How excited then? Or is it that you have now purchased someone for £45 Because we've heard about it for years, haven't we? This £40 million at West Ham have had to spend. How excited is it that it's Sebastian Haller? I mean, I think just in general, just seeing his output in the Bundesliga alone, you know we're getting a top, top quality player who's done it in the Europa League. He's done it at a very high level for a sustained period of time. Everyone just looks at his Frankfurt years, but he scored goals way before that at Utrecht. And he's, obviously, and he's built for the Premier League. He's six foot three. He's very strong. He's very good back to goal. His shooting stats are something like he only took two shots outside the box all season last season, which means he knows where the goal is. He wants to be in the box as a proper number nine, and I think that's what we've been crying out for. Like we said, however many 39, whatever strikers, none of them have got above 11 goals, I think it is, on Altovic two seasons ago, and that's that's saying something. Bear in mind we bought him as a winger anyway, so to have a proper out-and-out striker who knows what his role is to score goals, link between our talented technical players, which we do have a lot behind them in Lanzini and Fornals, and just generally to be that focal point of a team that we have probably has stopped us from beating the teams around us who sit deep against us at home, like Wolves last season when they came and they beat us 1-0, they're a very good team, but we just didn't have that focal point, and it's games like that where he will make the big difference, and I'm very excited for that. We know it's a large chunk of money, and before we talk about potential outgoings, is West Ham's business done now? Can, is there any more that we could see potentially on the way in? Uh, I hope so, certainly. I, I Do you still say that West Ham no, need more a- then? Absolutely, mm. yeah, because ultimately I think the, the sign of Haller, and yeah, I agree with Tom, I'm really excited for it. However, we needed to do it. You know, Arnautovic in different circumstances was a 35, 40 million pound striker already. So when one of them walks out the door, albeit not for that money through different circumstances... We, we needed to replace him. So I am excited, Haller, but I'm also... It was necessary. It was necessary. It wasn't like, oh, brilliant, this is a bonus. It, mm. it was like we're a Premier League club pushing for the top half of the table as a minimum. You need a, a decent striker. Like If we were going into the season with one recognised centre-forward on the books in Javier Hernandez, that's the schoolboy running of a football club if they'd let that happen. And I also think that applies to... Having two recognised centre forwards on the book, can't wait. You know, I can't wait to see Haller in the flesh. I really can't. And obviously, he is our number one. But unfortunately, as what happens with football, we see it with Yarmolenko, coming even Sanchez. I know mm. lesser things were expected of him, but these new players are coming to the club, and they, you know, they're trying to get on board with the physical nature of the Premier League. Injuries happen. Yarmolenko is like a new sign-in this season because he was injured so soon after he came in. No, he is. No, no, and the same that thing, famous saying, the yeah. new sign That's it, but the yeah. same thing could happen to Haller. There's, you know, he's brilliant and I am excited, yeah. but injuries happen, that's football. So I, I do still think it would be foolish at this stage to go into a new season with two centre-forwards on the book. Albeit one is a £45 million rated, a guy we're really excited to see playing Claren Blue. You know, with, with, when Hernandez is your only backup, who's a completely different striker to Haller and a completely different striker, in my opinion, to the one we need to fit West Ham and Pellegrini's style of play, I think we need at least one, potentially two more forwards to come in. And then, you know, maybe maybe sort of, between two to four 
others in other positions in the squad just to, well, just to whack up the squad depth. four to six more players. There's only 15 days left in a window. Are West Ham realistically going to sign half a dozen more players? Sadly, we, we won't sign those players, but if the, the all the things coming out the club and what they want to achieve this season actually push for Europe, I mean, that's probably what, what we need. So, first 11-wise, I'm, so, I'm very confident in them pushing and closing the gap between the top six and hopefully finishing best of the rest outside of that. But... We do need the midfield needs beefing up because there's a lot of injury-prone players in there. Lanzini and Wilshire, Fournals is going to adapt to the Premier League. I don't know how he's going to get on physically and like with his body. But so we need another midfielder. With obviously Obiang, like we mentioned, might be going out the door. We need to replace that. We need another midfielder. I think the back four basically picks itself at the minute, except the left back role. But I think another fullback won't go amiss. But we're not. We're not. It's not going to happen. But I'd say two. Maybe a defender, midfielder, and I would love a forward in because I don't think Hernandez has proven over these last two years that he's not really up to it, especially on his own up top. It's just not his game. Just quickly on that then, which signing, if you have to choose, are you more excited about? Fournals or Haller? Oh, um, Haller, I think, purely because mm. we've we've had talented midfielders at West Ham in the past few years. We've had Payet, we've still got and have Lanzini, who's absolutely mustard. Philippe Anderson has you know, shown flashes last season that he could be a really special player and I'm excited to see him play this year. We've we've had good midfielders before. We mentioned those stats earlier on. It's in the mid to late thirties how many strikers we've signed in the past, you know, few years. And, you know, we've had I still look back at Sacco, he was un, uh, you know, look back at the time and he was decent. He was decent. That's, numbers that's what were you can say good. about him. That's it. Yeah. He was a he was a good centre forward. But in, when you put him in a West Ham shirt, he looks like you know he looks like R nine Ronaldo in <laughs> because compared to the others who've played up front for us. So I'm excited to see a centre forward who can just put the ball in the net. Don't you just you know he's a bit of an all rounder and just scores goals for the club. And because we've been blessed with a few decent midfielders in the past few years, but centre forwards who can put the ball in the back of the net, which is what they're paid to do, Sparse. we haven't been blessed with any of those, yeah. Well, you said potentially need four to six more players. Is it a case then that West Ham are going to have to offload a few, trim the fat, get rid of the deadwood before they do make those signings? Because wages are a problem. We always talk about transfer budgets, but it's the wages as well, isn't it? Well, we mentioned that is you know earlier on about people are thirsty for news at the moment and really this week has been a bit of a quiet one the only the only news of note is Pedro Albiang on his way to Sassuolo in Serie A by the sounds of it he went there he's had a medical he came out and he made some although it hasn't been officially confirmed yet he made some comments to Sky Italy when he turned up for the medical he just said I returned to Serie A as a more mature player after my time in the Premier League you know, the Sassuolo opportunity came about before the transfer window opened because they had a call from the coach, Roberto De Zerbi. So it sounds like, you know, I think we've all really known that Obiang's going to have been on his way for a while, although it hasn't been officially confirmed. It sounds like it's a matter of time before he uh, before he departs for about 8 million quid. And, you know, I, I won't be too sad to see him go. I think he's done all right. He's played over 100 games for the club and he's always mm. he always put a bit in. That rocket at Tottenham away was one of the best Classic. goals I've ever experienced. Forever in the annals for that. Yes, yeah, exactly. He's legend. That. Yeah, um, exactly. And then there's the reports this week of Javier Hernandez going to Real Valladolid. R9 Ronaldo, mm. I mentioned earlier, is the president there. I know you're desperate for him to stay at West Ham, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not his biggest fan, obviously, so I'm obviously scouring reports for him maybe leaving the club every single day. But, yeah, Ronaldo, so the Brazilian Ronaldo, who's president of Real Valladolid is apparently a huge fan 
and just keeping tabs on his situation. There's talk, obviously, Jordan Hugill as well. We we touched on it last week, and that seemed to he the last sort of thing I um it was reported that he had refused basically the move because Wigan wanted to pay him 18 grand of his reported 40 grand a week wages, and you know fair enough. I wouldn't take half either. There's, there was talk of West Ham topping some of that money up with either some of the £4 million transfer fee they're reportedly going to get. I think we'll still see him leave the club. Um, yeah, so yeah, there think, will be departures. Yeah, there there has to be departures. I mean, our wage bill is massive. This, the, Both those the people you're talking about then came pre-David Sullivan and David Gold's forays into the market as proper businessmen. They came where they would just pay people whatever they wanted to come and play for us to fill a gap. Like Hernandez is on, whatever he's on, 100 plus grand a week. He's going to be very hard to shift, and he is a decent player. And for me, I don't think you get rid of him until you replace him. So you get ready-made replacement because we're thin on the ground with forwards, at least, especially with Hugo. That that's turning into the Poundland Bale transfer saga, isn't it? Really, he's staying because he wants to earn money. Jordan Hugo. At the end of the day, we need to shift him. Obiang is as good as done and good out the door. So I think more will come, and I think towards the end of the market when teams get more active and they really realise the value of these players and who's who's available, I think we'll see a few more of the fringe squad players have bids come in and I think we'll we'll do a bit more in the transfer market as it gets on. You just mentioned it there, Tom, though. You're happy with your first eleven, but it's the players who are coming through, you know, your rotational players, your backups. In a Premier League season, which is long, it's tough, it's rigorous, you know, midweek games, they can come thick and fast, especially over the Christmas period, suspensions, injuries... Surely you don't want to be at West Ham now with a transfer policy of we'll get rid of them, then we'll replace them because you're going to need depth. And these aren't just players who haven't really cut the mustard, where as you put it. They're still good enough, aren't they? They can still contribute. Uh, I'm uh, my. I think there's been a change under Pellegrini in, in Big mindset. Club mentality. He does talk about that all the time, and I'm I'm uh, I'm going to get that towed on me soon because I think that's the favourite thing I've heard come out of the club for a while. But I I do think there's. A, Big club mentality aside, there's been a change in a change in mindset as far as transfers go. Where the old classic West Ham signing, and I put that in quotes, of buying trying to get a bargain transfer fee wise on a player at the end of their career. I'm talking Ala Nazri, Ala Hernandez, Ala Freddie Lundberg, Kieran Dyer. You know, I've, I've said it reeled off these names a million times before. You know, and I think Zabletta, to be honest, I thought he was going to be the same. He's the only one who's really worked out, in my opinion. Personality-wise, I think he's different yeah, type as that's well. That's it, and he's he's provided some value for money. But I think there's been a change of mindset in that. Of that, you know, Diop is a, an excellent example of that. You know, where I think Pellegrini's gone. No, we don't want those players on the way down in their careers anymore. Who've already peaked, therefore their motivation is, you know, lives somewhat to be desired. We want players at the beginning of their career. Where, and I'm all right with this. Where, you know, maybe they do see West Ham as a bit of a stepping stone for a couple of years, whether it's, you know, Diop, prime example. If if he carries on the tri- he was linked with Man United this summer, but he carries on as he is, there's no reason, you know, why in a in a couple of years' time if he keeps improving, keeps improving, it might be that one of the big clubs comes in and says, Right, here's eighty five million, here's ninety million for him, we want him off your books, blah blah blah. To be worth that amount, and that's fine. And Declan Rice might be the same as well. There's lots of you know young hungry, and I thought the same with Lanzini. That I thought he'd be Liverpool bound by now, and perhaps if it wasn't for the injury, he would. But I I don't think there's any problem in in that mindset at a club because if if any one of those three names I've mentioned or anyone else, Fredericks even, if he comes good, is worth 
tens and tens of millions of pounds knocking on the door of 100 million, that means they've done something spectacular for our club in the meantime. And I look at the Modric and Bale situation at Tottenham and I look how they dragged that football club up a, up a level while they were there, so which was good at the time, and then it was double good when they went out the door, they got tens of millions of pounds in, which enabled the club to reinvest in the squad. You do. I know you want to jump in there, Tom, just quickly. You do have to reinvest that money wisely, though. It can go the other way. No, no disagree. I don't think Tottenham invest, reinvested their money too wisely. They, I think Soldado was bought in for 30, 35 million, which at the time was probably equivalent of 60-odd million today. Didn't do anything at all. But it enables you to to go out and learn some lessons and mm. spend the money. And if it if it's spent well, happy days. If it's not spent well, okay, you learn lessons. At least your club's not stagnating. Yeah, Massa, I think the big what the the age of the two big money signings, Fornells is, what, 24 and Hallas 25, is the exact same model of people we're trying to get into the club who are on the rise. You've got who pretty much, Haller pretty much came in and said it's pretty much a step in to hopefully get into the French squad and then go from there and pretty much say that he wants to score... A lot of goals for us, but then after that, you you never know. He's obviously reaching for the top, as Declan Rice has numerously come out and said. He wants to play in the Champions League, and hopefully these guys can take us nearer there, like Europa League or whatever. But at the end of the day, we are we are aware that we're going to use some of these good, young, talented players. But it is really refreshing to see us go after these, rather than the has-beens who have had a troubled season at, say, an Arsenal or Chelsea, who've probably over the hill, and then we've come in and maybe got them on a cheap, transfer window but we're paying them a lot of money which they don't deserve well you just heard it there from tom and will the club are entering a new dawn and it's a new mentality one that's working and next we're going to be talking to lee hodges to see if he agrees love sports you're listening to the west Ham fan show with me charlie hawkins here on love sport radio and i've been joined by will Pugh and tom edwards from west ham well now i just said we're going to get lee hodges on the phone he's not answering but we're going to keep trying it feels like the bubble just keeps continuing to burst. It's a bit like pre-season. I've let you down. He's delivered so much and offered so little. Don't, no, don't worry. I, I was a lot of positive reaction to the news earlier that we were having Lee on the show. He's very much a cult hero. Oh, no. At the club, yeah, when I was coming into it. But there's still time yet, so not to worry. But It's just in his barnet. That's something he's sort of like, yeah. <laughs> He's heard. We've, we've dreamed him up. And he's yeah, got exactly. a little top. He's just yeah. gone. He's just fixed it, yeah. But um, while, we're, while we're waiting for Lee to come on, we've got the... Obviously, we've mentioned some of the some of the out, potential outgoings mm. earlier on. There's some... The, the other sort of low-key news this week if you like was the the mention of Gary Medell coming in to the club as well I think he's, he's at Besiktas at the moment obviously played for Cardiff for a bit relatively unsuccessfully he's a chilly international and he's had some you know he's I, I remember the first time I saw him he was one of those names that burst onto the scene at one of the big tournaments and he thought oh brilliant and when Cardiff signed him it didn't really work there and there's been some quite negative reaction to be honest on on all the West Ham social media platforms since that news broke. I just, I'm not really sure what to think, to be fair. He would be a squad player, but mm. I don't know what you think, Tom. He'd be a marked improvement on Carlos Sanchez, for sure. I mean, what I've seen, I know it's pre-season, as so we're saying it doesn't matter, but he's a much better footballer than Carlos Sanchez. He's more mobile, he's better than the ball. So I think you are improving the squad to somewhat. I'm not saying he's a world-beater, but he is an improvement, and... You're never, I'm not going to knock an improvement on the squad, and I think it's a pretty cheap transfer for us. I think it's is he better than is he better than Obiang? Probably, I'd say, yeah. Yeah, but you do need the depth. We've talked about. We know your first eleven. Well, it is show one, the last Wednesday show before we move to the Tuesday. But we've delivered the big news. Lee Hodges is on the line. Lee, thanks for joining. 
How excited are you about West Ham in the upcoming season? Yeah, I mean, I, I see the couple of signings we got on that, and hopefully they'll do well. Um, I watched them the other day against Newcastle. That wasn't great, but obviously uh, pre-season is pre-season. So hopefully just get the season underway and see, see where we are, really. Lee, we spoke a little bit about that earlier. The boys are telling me that pre-season doesn't really matter. I'm of the opinion, not that it matters so much, but you still want to go out there and get a result. As a former player, is that true? Does it not build momentum? Uh, For me, personally, I I mean, when I was at West Ham, you just wanted to be in the starting lineup for the first game of the season. So uh, I wasn't really in the first team, so I'd be trying my my hardest and doing as best I could to sort of show the gaffer that I was ready to play. Um, at the minute, I think uh, the guys there, I think it showed that with the Newcastle team, just having a new manager watch, the standard that they went up from the game before was chalk and cheese. So, I mean, I think they're all... When I watched that game, for me, West Ham were just sort of going through the motions and, and uh, just sort of looking at it as fitness. So, I can understand why they wasn't on full tilt, but I think now they've got to start getting to, to the top to start being ready for the first game of the season. Lee, just uh, just before we go on to the you know hopes and expectations for next season, I went you know I was absolutely buzzing when I heard you were coming on the show earlier on. You were very much from when I was growing up and started watching West Ham, a bit of a cult hero, and there was some positive reaction uh, online and amongst my mates to the fact you were coming on. I just remember the number yep. twenty five shirt in the in the gold strip, and I was yep. quite surprised to be honest uh, to see that it was only you know a handful of first team or senior appearances you made for the club you're there for quite yeah. a long time talk to us a little bit about that yeah I mean I, I did end up getting a quite well I ended up having 13 cartilage operations in the end but I told the cartilage and um, I struggled then to really kick on and uh, I did have some good players in front of me I think a few times I deserved that I should have played um, I think I think enough opportunity that I thought I deserve to, but um, Gaffer at the time, Harry, he had his team, he had the players that he was bringing on, bringing through, and bringing in, and um, I just didn't get that chance. Who, uh, who, who were you up against at the time? Cause it was like the uh, it was mid, mid to late nineties. You were at the club, wasn't it? Yeah, like Michael Hughes. Hughes was on the wing. I, I, I really like to play in the hole. When I first played, it was in the hole, and it like Al Berkovich at the time. Al Berkovich was. When we, when he arrived, he was flying to be yeah, there. Of course, yeah, So it was hard. It was it was hard. It was uh, but if if I was good enough, I'd have been put in. And obviously, the gaffer didn't think I was. And they did offer me another couple of years to stay. But when I said to Harry, uh, "What is the chances of me getting a chance?" He said, "It would be tough for you." So I made the decision, whether it be right or wrong, now to move on and just try and make a career and folks at the bottom and bring them back up again. Lee, you were uh, in and around the squad at quite an exciting time at West Ham with uh, supposedly the dressing room was meant to be something to behold. Like, What were the main characters? Who were the main characters at that point? Was it was it as carnage as everyone says? Uh, it was, well, I mean... <laughs> away trips would be, would be good. I mean, on the way back, if we won, I mean, just be buzzing and have a few beers going and music going and straight out so it was uh, it was totally different to where it was I mean Dixie uh, I mean there was uh, John Artson Monks I mean we had some 
couple of couple of lads, like funny lads as well. So, obviously, probably a little bit of a different dressing room environment now to what it was when when you were at the club, Lee. But looking forward, yeah. obviously, we've made some good signings. Certainly, you know, you got Felipe Anderson, Pablo Fornells, Sebastian Heller, players that sort of the envy of a lot of teams across Europe. What are you uh, are you excited for the season, like the rest of us? I am. Yeah, I mean, I just want hopefully they all gel together and, and start as well as uh, they can do. I mean. Yeah, Anderson. He, I mean, if he's on his game, he's one of the best players in the Premiership. But just whether you can get him doing that week week out, and him having the players around him to be able to do that week in week out, and hopefully we'll find another good couple that can kickstart him every to play how he does every week, really. And um, I think the boys at the back look, look solid. Um, I mean, if we can get Jack Wiltshire fit, and also. Oh, Keeping fit, it's like having a new signing as well for me. And for me, he's one of my favourite players in the Premiership. So if he can get back to anywhere near where, yeah, where he was, that's even another signing. So hopefully, yeah. I mean, I'm always excited at the start of the season. You never know where you could go, but you know, we're West Ham, right? I'm a West Ham fan. <laughs> <laughs> Never know. You've got to Don't say go that. Wrong, it's all got to be positive. We really appreciate you coming on, Lee. Thanks Cheers, for taking mate. some time this evening Thanks. to take care of it. Lee Hodges there on the line. He came through then, didn't he? At a time it was it was exciting, weren't it? It was a real big dressing room, lots of characters. He must the stories he must have. It's a shame there that the line was a bit flickering, but it's such a shame also I picked up there. Thirteen cartilage operations mm. you know as a player you know you've got the ability you know you've got the potential you're on a sideline you're on a treatment table and everyone else is just sort of making their impression in the team and you, you're sort of being held back ain't you honestly I vividly vividly remember him I just, just started coming into coming into watching West Ham around that mid 90s he was there from 95 to 99 he was a plasto lad anyway and I always remember he, he, you know whether he he only made say uh, three league appearances I think seven, like not even ten I think in, in the cup and yeah, but I always remember him. He was like the poster boy for the French crop. I remember that, and I used to do <laughs> my hair just. No, I, used, I used to do my hair just like him at school, and <laughs> still no, do it now. Remember, yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> I remember him being around the club for a long time, and he was a local lad, and everyone did want him to do well. But he's mentioned the players he's up against. Then mm. Michael Hughes had an absolute bullet of a left foot. Ile Berkovich would. You know, he'd run ring. He was like the forerunner of Yossi Benayoun, that little tricky wing. He was class with John Hartson. And, and, you know, Harry Redknapp, he did. He had a class team at the time. And it would have been a hard one to get into if you get injuries as well. But, you know, luck, lucky for Lee, he did go on to have a fairly successful career. He made over 100 appearances in the end for Scunthorpe. So it's the, yeah, it was certainly good to hear from him, though. Certainly good to hear from him. Lee Hodges there, one club legend. Next, we'll be talking about another club legend. Love sports. You're listening to the West Ham Fan Show with West Ham Hell with me, Charlie Hawkins, Will Pugh and Tom Edwards here on Love Sport. And it was great to speak to Lee Hodges there. We've talked about transfer incomings, transfer outgoings, pre-season. The record transfer has been broken. But now time for a special segment because it's time for Club Legend of the Week. See what your club legend was wearing at classicfootballshirts.co.uk. The place for football shirts. I'm excited about this one. I hope you've... Have you, is this a team decision? 
Oh, it is a team decision. Very happy with this oh, one. Yeah. It was a little bit we were unsure last week in the studio because we were arguing over whether it should be Carlton Cole or Dean Ashton, but this is unanimous on all fronts. I've got to say, because I, I voted for Dean Ashton last week, but you, you went for Carlton Cole, didn't you? I was very much Carlton Cole, yeah. We had Brad in from Sky Sports News and a West Ham fan as well, but he was, he was adamant that Dean Ashton was the one. I think more because of Dean's England credentials and uh, the fact that Carlton is a bit more of a lovable mm. a lovable hero but this week's one unanimous <laughs> well just quickly there though on Dean Ashton we spoke about Lee Hodges and the injuries Dean Ashton I, I think would have had such a different career I remember that FA Cup final and when he scored and then when he had to go off I, I was a, I was even a little bit heartbroken. I was glad it completely changed the game and his career, didn't it? He he's one of those players who was just so intelligent. He didn't have the physical attributes of being rapid and playing on people's shoulders, but he could front people up and put other people in the game like what we want Seb Haller to do. He backed people up and he was very, very intelligent and he was one of those players just coming into his peak, getting in the England squad and Sean Wright Phillips of all people curtails his career for good and it is such a shame. Such a shame. Well, it is time for the Club Legend of the Week. I've dragged it out. Tease us no more. Will, who is it? This week, it is a man who comes from near Moscow and is, of course, the one and only Ludo McCloskey <laughs> this week. Goalkeeping legend, all-round nice guy. And, yeah, just a, an absolute hero and the father of one of the greatest West Ham songs that there ever has been and probably ever will be. Give us, give us a verse. Well, my name is Ludo McCloskey. I come from near Moscow and I played in goal for West Ham. West Ham. Yes, <laughs> and that was your club legend of the week. See what your club legend was wearing at classicfootballshirts.co.uk. The place for football shirts. I think we can speak about him a little more, but I just love that we could have ended it on that song. It was brilliant. <laughs> <Yeah>. West Ham. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Well, when he walks down the street, everyone that he meets says, Oi, big boy, what's your name? And what? Then, There's uh, more verses? Yo, of course there is. Never yeah. stops. <laughs> yeah. But no, Ludo, an absolute, an absolute hero at West Ham. In, in, mm. I say we mentioned that song there, and it is, it's still sung with absolute gusto at away games and in away pubs up and down the land and in the home end, Brilliant. luckily enough. He, yeah, absolute, absolute great play. Again, Lucky enough that Ludo was in goal when I just started getting into getting into football at West Ham. And from my he was voted number twenty two in the fifty greatest West Ham players a vote in two thousand and eighteen. Obviously most well remembered on the fourteenth of May nineteen ninety five when he stopped Manchester United from winning the league in a one all draw Upton Park. Absolutely heroic. And from my point of view, I, I just love a, a bit of a check link because Thomas Repka, super Thomas Repka, in fact, <laughs> is one of my favourite all-time West Ham players. I used to mould my right-back abilities on him when I was playing on Says a Sunday. Lot, then, yeah. mm. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. when I was playing on a Sunday. And that tells me a lot about exactly your ability. I used to play, yeah. <laughs> And, uh, the refs yeah, here. <laughs> it's that, that, that Czech Republic link we've got Ludo's but yeah an ab- absolute hero at the club and he, he said you know only mm. only last year I think in an interview that he, he can't believe how the fans still sing his name all the time and, but a, a true legend true legend and he took over from Phil Park so one legend to another I mean he 318 games in the league He's, he did it all Hammer of the Year in 91 was it? yeah I think it was yeah so doing so he's done He's done more. Any person who's still sung about this many years after you played, you know they've done something right. And he is just one of those people who you didn't even have to see him play, but you remember him fondly in the West Ham in the West Ham sphere. Even when he took over as goalkeeping coach, was it under Pardew? Yeah, he was. He was there for quite a while. He left left under a little bit of a cloud. He went for a few different managers, mm. didn't he? But and no one. But again, the class of the man. 
Mm. No one, no one commented it. There was no uh, when he left the club as goalkeeping coach. No disrespect. No nothing. It's just one of those things, and he just got on with his life. I'm still smiling. I'm so happy that you both sung, and it was in unison. Loved it. <laughs> but we have been talking about club legends, and it's now time to do a little quiz on other West Ham legends and see how much you both know. We're putting you both to the test. This is a quiz from James, obviously. He's done it this week. So uh, he's got a lot to live up to because he has been dubbed Deadwood. I think he's better than that, James. But let's see how much you really know about West Ham. Worth, remembering, worth remembering, Charlie, as well, that the last time Tom was in the studio with me, I drubbed him 2-1. Felt like he saw the answers before, actually. If I'm honest, I th- you got the Todor off one, didn't you? I did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and I think that, I got... was the, that was like the yeah, hard thanks. one. I think I had Paolo Futre, and I can't remember. Radicevo might have been the other one, but it was some... It doesn't uh... help if you study, though, Will. I feel like you're, you're big <laughs> he on He knows research. what he's in for, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, let's let's go then. Uh, three players, uh, five clues for each. Player one and clue number one, they... I love it. Look, they've got their pens out, paper out. It's all very serious in the studio. <laughs> man, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Player one. Clue one. They were born on the 20th of September, 1967. So I'm assuming you both know who it is already. (laughs) (laughs) Clue two. They started their career at Ipswich Town. All right, yeah, and there's still nothing. Clue three. This is where it gets interesting. This player was born in Canada and has 50... Got it? Craig Forrest? He's got it. I would not know. Hey! Oh, we've got sound effects this week. Yeah, this yeah, is, this is what we're doing. That's free one on aggregate yeah, now. Tom, that's not so good, you yeah. did say the West Ham fan show was getting bigger. That's what we do. That's sound it. effects. It's that's only a little bell. The budget's on the way up. All right. Yeah. So it's free Would one you on aggregate. From this clue, because maybe I should have swapped them just quickly. I was going to say is now the Canadian Fever Ambassador for SOS Children's Villages. I would have gone. I would have got that. Sorry, mate. All right, player two. Clue number one, born in Yugoslavia, 19th April, 1985. Right, okay. Clue number two. I love it, Will. Yeah, right, okay. He knows. He's just teasing. (laughs) Clue number two, they played the majority of their career in Italy. Still nothing from me. Clue number three is where you got it last time. 50 appearances for West Ham, scoring four goals in three years. Blimey, that could have been any of the strikers yeah. we've had. <laughs> four goals in right. three years. No, go no. on. Well, this is where it gets interesting because clue four capped 83 times for Switzerland. Oh, got it. Uh, is it? No, Valon Barami? It is. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I've stormed Two nil. It Tom. Was... He was born in Yugoslavia. Yeah, I've done it. Right, He's well, done it to me again. This, Sword this into one, a two-nil lead again. Right, well, this one's it worth double points wash, if you yeah. get it. Yeah, come on, Tom. I'm with you here. Right, player three, clue number one, born 26th of February 1978. That's the problem for me. It's the quick maths mm. I'm trying to do. Yeah. <laughs> it's not doing and, uh, any favours. And that yeah, year but... was a leap year. No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Clue number two, they played in England... For nine years between 2005 and 2014. Okay. Clue number three. They were born in Senegal and had 36 caps. Abdullah Fai? Yes! Oh, yes. Yes. oh come on. on. Two one again. No. That's, that's, a, that's a resounding 4 2 yeah, victory oh, over two legs. We don't from do me, on though. aggregate scores. <laughs> well, that was double, actually, yes. <laughs> 
we just do winner of the night. Was that quiz? Was it? Was it hard? I no. must admit, let's Good be honest, one. that was better than James's last one he Good put one. forward for right, us okay. in his absence, was he? But again, he's he's taken the Deadwood comments on board, hasn't he? And mm. He's stepping up his game. He's, he has to because like now that. he's got Tommy. He's got competition. That's he's it. Had <laughs> someone else <laughs> Not in the quizzes, obviously. I know. Does Tom even? Does James even know that it's moved to Tuesday? Might not be. I haven't told him. I haven't told him. Yeah. Is this the big news? You said we've got some surprises on the West Ham show. James has been let go to Sassuolo's podcast with Pedro Albiang. He's now playing his podcast trade in Mexico. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, those were your three players there. Do you have fond memories of those three players? You know what, Valon Barami particularly. He was a workman in there. He was. He was. He had a really good career. He ended up playing for Napoli. I think he was a properly good player. I think he just. Pick West Ham at a poor time when the rest of the team weren't weren't particularly. Yeah, I do. I, I, he was he was class. He had an engine on him, didn't mm. he? Really big time had an engine Bit on him. Bit of a fan favourite at one point. He, mm. he wasn't quite. He got about the field, yeah. made big tackles. He was very very good player, honest player. Craig Forrest was one. He was he sort of. He was just the perennial understudy, wasn't he? He was one of those keepers, a bit like Raymond Van der Hal, <laughs> who's just like a number two for. Mm. Was he part he? actually of when West Ham? Like, sorry to bring it up. Lost seven one to United. He was the keeper, weren't he? I don't want to talk about it. What, what, what he talking about? Yeah, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Listen, Arsenal lost 6-1 to United, so we've all been there. Don't worry. This is true. Yeah, but Abdelhafi, he, again, coming, he, he did his job, job in the championship. He? Yeah, he got us promoted. Yeah. He was one of the cogs of that to get in those dark days up at Hull on a Tuesday, whatever. He made some He had some good he had some good performances. I remember him scoring one header at Upton Park. I can't remember who it was, but it was one hell of a header. Yeah, so, he, I've got relatively fond memories of him. He was very much an Allardyce signing, wasn't he? But yeah. he was only there for one year, so why didn't it work out? Why didn't he get a second year? I don't even you think. Back in the I think he was over the hill. I think. I think it was pretty accepted in the club that he was not going to add anything in the Premier League. Yeah, he but would exactly did his that. job. Did yeah, his job. He, 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 exactly that. He did mm. do his job. He earned his money. Whenever he come on the pitch, he weren't. Oh no, he was very much a Championship defender at the time. And yeah, got got the club promoted. Better than Danny his... Collins. We had the same season we had Danny Collins, and he was leaps leaps <laughs> ahead of him. Yeah. So but no fond, fond memories of all all three of them. To be honest, I think Valon Barami in particular, out of those mm. out of that trio that James has plucked out of thin air, there, I think Valon Barami in particular was probably like Tom said. Uh, uh, he he was playing for the club at a time where he was surrounded by play. He was probably there thinking, who am I playing with here? I think David yeah. D. McKayley was his teammate for. For quite a long time, I mean, he was in the quiz once, weren't he? No, I like, no, no, no. Like, no? Oh, yeah, it might he have been was. my other one. Last one, one yeah. answer, I've got yeah. so many answers right oh. on this stage, Charlie. Can we you know get anyone I mean? to send them out? Yeah. yeah, I think that's that's part. If we're moving forward, I can't have you winning on Tuesday as well. <laughs> Tuesday's <laughs> my day. I'm always better on Tuesdays. Anyway. Yeah, I thought <laughs> that time. Yeah, you, yeah. I think you should have much more of a chance on Tuesday. We've been talking a lot of club legends. Just quickly, then, before we go, Fulham and Hertie Berlin results. Are we going to get the W's there? Uh, Fulham, I would. I'm not sure. It depends what their their front four this season looks. Pretty sharp. Managed to hold on to Mitrovic. I don't really know or care to be honest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you heard it here first. That was the West Ham fan show, West Ham World. Join us next Tuesday rather than Wednesday because we'll be, we'll be back here from seven till eight with a big Love Sport exclusive. We'll see you then. This is Love Sport. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. Builder Ali spent his 40-year career whistling as he worked. 
then he was offered a free pension review from what he thought was a reputable firm. But it was a scammer, and his lifetime savings were stolen. Oi! Waiter! Another bottle of champers over here! Don't let a scammer enjoy your retirement. Check who you're dealing with. Visit ScamSmart from the Financial Conduct Authority. Sports Social Podcast Network.